Hi, this is Susie McGrath. I play Tam Rivor in Star Wars Resistance, and you're listening to Radio Dakar. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is the season review for the second and final season of Star Wars Resistance. Uh, We had one more journey with our friends, the citizens of the Colossus, and they came to a happy ending that we want to talk about. And to do that, I am pleased to be joined once again by Jonah Marie Macias. Uh, She was great enough to come on a couple of times last season to discuss the show and we're going to wrap it all up for you today uh jonah marie how are you i'm good how are you doing i'm excited to talk about resistance (laughs) yes thank you again for coming on of course yeah i'm happy to do so um yeah uh, that show meant so much to, to a lot of people but yeah we we always enjoyed it all the way through so i couldn't think of anybody better to wrap it all up yeah, especially since we did season one, the season one wrap up. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, a lot of things changed on the show for, from the end of season one to where we wound up. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's just start out. What was your overall impression of the season and how it you know, wrapped up the whole story? Yeah, so it was a fun season. I have to admit there were a few things here and there that I thought were a bit off. But I think it's because now looking back at it, it's because the second season was more of a middle transition period into what could have been a third season because the the whole season focused around them trying to figure out where they would eventually end up, which is obviously being part of the resistance. So that's why we saw more resistance heavy episodes towards the end of the season. And I thought, man, if we had a third season, then they can dive into that stuff and actually show us a connection to the rise of Skywalker. But yeah, the second season, it just felt like that middle ground and it it, it definitely needed a, a bookend to tie it all up together. I actually agree with that. Um, you know, I enjoyed the second season. Um, and I liked uh, how they had their new adventures on the mobile Colossus out, out in uh, space and how they tried to solve their needs and problems one step at a time that made for unique episodes. But I'm with you. It felt like there could have been a season three. Yeah, there's so much more to tell. Yeah, I felt it. I was just well, it's funny, because at the very beginning of season two, I was the one saying, Oh, you know, I thought this show was going to be at least two seasons, three tops. So I was very confident in saying that because I, you know, to me, Lucasfilm is always thinking ahead. They're working on these episodes like years ago. So I thought they had planned it out to end that way. But now that I, you know, have the entire season, I'm like, no, I am eating my words. I feel like there should have been a third season. <laughs> and they decided to end it here because it, it it is a good 
conclusion for what was happening with Tam and and Kaz, but it doesn't really bring in the resistance part of Star Wars resistance. And I know a lot of people throughout the season were saying this is more of like Star Wars Colossus more than Star Wars resistance. That's yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Um, and uh, yes, it did wrap up the Tam story really well. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was uh, about her journey over two years, but, but yeah, there's so much more that, you know, we could have found out and, you know, they didn't reveal it till after the movie and the series ended that who was it? Kaz, Tora and Yeager all fought at the battle of Exegol. Oh, so Yeager was included too. I wasn't sure who else, but yeah, yeah um, Tora and Kaz for sure. I remember. Yeah, because I, I think we had this discussion last year. I expected uh, Hype to maybe be one of those if they had any cameos in the movie. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it was Yeager's was the third ship that they said they did the, the real life model of uh, to put in with the 14,000 ships. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I, I'm not to go off on a tangent, but I actually really love that movie and that scene, that, that whole action sequence at the end i really wish they could have incorporated uh some you know cockpit shots of pilots and having one of those be kaz you know christopher sean is kaz so i thought yay they're gonna make it happen and they didn't (laughs) i i thought i thought for sure after going to that resistance panel when they came here to fanboy expo christopher sean hinted around that he had done something else for Lucasfilm and I thought for sure that was what he was talking about, but no, yeah, they wasn't. Um, so yeah, they, they, they left it hanging a little bit, but, did. um, but kind of to tie it, we can still talk about overall impressions, but, um, moving on, how does season two for you to compare to season one? Oh, yeah. So season one, I'm going to say was the stronger of the two because it had an idea of where it was going. It was going to end up with Tam leaving. And so we slowly see that, you know, the um, first order coming in, changing things up and Tam being swayed by them. So I thought that that season was great. And and the, and this second season was also good. It's just that I felt that there were a few hit and misses, um, especially with, and I, I mean, I really, I really liked it, but at the end of the, of the day, at the end of the day, I wasn't sure how it contributed to the, the overall story. And I'm, you know, I guess you can extrapolate that the oil, that the gas that they get from this episode was for the ships, but it was from beneath with, um, Flix's people? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was a good episode. And, you know, it's always fun to see Kaz running around like crazy. But at the same time, I wish that episode could have had a little bit more meat to it. Like how, um, I don't know, maybe uh, the live fire episode with uh, the aces working together. Like we got to, we got a little bit of things out of um griff halloran's character so i I wish we could have gotten those kind of background details in that episode from beneath no that's a fair point um and i liked season one better also um because yeah it had the building plot the whole season with tam and with the growing presence of the first order and all that and then season two even though they kept the tam arc in the like as the secondary story the the whole season felt to me more procedural mm. because it was like, yeah, it was like 
like I mentioned earlier, a problem of the week. You know, they need fuel, they need money, they need food. Um, Which gets kind of tiring after a while, especially if it's week after week. It did. And how many times could they, I think, didn't we have the Colossus jumping to hyperdrive past the Starter Story maybe four times all season? It did. (laughs) Although I will say that the last one, I think, the last shot it did, I forget what episode. I think it was the one where they save uh, Yeager and... uh, um, Kaz and Sonara, but they did a really cool shot of that heading off into hyperspace. But still, it was it was very repetitive by that point. It, yeah, I, the last one was the best one, wasn't that the one where you see hyperspace from from behind? Oh, I think they, so. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of my favorite shots of the season. So yeah, um, but yeah, and and I also noticed, um. I happened to pick this out when I, uh, after the series ended and I put all those thank yous on Twitter, I looked up all the writers and the first season, there were fewer writers overall. So I think they maybe had like a more cohesive thing going on. Whereas the second season, there was like one per, you know, one person wrote one episode, but didn't write any others. And that happened a couple more times. So I think the continuity kind of maybe got messed up. Oh, I got you. Yeah, there's a, there were too many voices in, in the kitchen, I guess. Too many cooks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. And um, and I forget who who wrote this episode now, but it was the episode with Kel and Ayla where they meet Mika Gray. And I thought, wow, what a cool episode and what a fun way to introduce the Force into what is a very non-Force related show and and unfortunately it's one of those threads that they didn't really pick up again by the end of the season so i thought man where were they going with this yeah i thought the same thing too and and that's one of the reasons i thought man if they had season three they could really explore that yeah so i I forget who it was that wrote it but I, i thank them because i i I love star wars mainly because of the force so i was happy that they kind of you know put it in there very off to the side and introduced Mika who isn't force sensitive, but she understands it and she is aware of it. And she was trying to keep certain force related relics out of the first order's hands. So I thought that was pretty neat. It was Brandon Allman, the executive producer. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Brandon. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense that he would tie that stuff in. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. I'm going to mention that episode later because I I enjoyed that one a lot too, and it did surprise me how much they used the the Jedi and the Sith and talking all about all that because you know it, that wasn't the focus of the show. It was about you know the everyday people and the resistance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. Anything else on how the seasons compared? Um. Gosh, yeah, I just want to, I just think that the first season really, even, oh, I don't want to say whether it was better than than Rebels, because I really love that first season of Rebels, but I think both of them really knew where they were starting, and, and for a lot of other shows and a lot of other content, it takes a while for, you know, a series to find its legs, um, but yeah, Resistance really had it, and it kind of had the opposite effect in the second season, where it was trying to find its legs after it had him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, so that's my takeaway from from those two seasons. I agree. Um, 
yeah, it's hard to say that it topped Rebels, but I thought, I think their plan for the initial season of a series is getting better as they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because, you know, they're like, okay, this worked and this doesn't work. So we, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, oh, and actually, just one other thing popped into my head, but uh, Kaz's father, the fact that, you know, that was yeah. present in the first season and we kind of got it in the second season towards the beginning, but it doesn't get picked up again. Yeah, yeah there's no there's no resolution with that other than the hologram. Yeah, I'm so disappointed because I really I was really hyping on that story. Like, <laughs> I hope we get it. I hope we get it, and we didn't. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mentioned on the reviews, yeah, several times. I thought for sure he was going to turn out to be a conspirator. Yeah, like one of, well, yeah. one of those money people that was talked about in like the Last Jedi, but now that they, they didn't really explore that. No, sadly. <laughs> well, but we'll. Before we wrap up, we'll talk more about what's to come. Oh yeah. So, um, but let's let's do this. How, what what were your top three episodes of season two? So top three episodes, I'm going to go with Rendezvous Point, and uh, that's mainly because I was so so happy that Tora's mom wasn't dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because that's the that's the main concern nowadays. It's like, oh man, is the mom dead? But uh, she wasn't. And, you know, we got to, uh, we were introduced to her. And not only that, but she got to interact with Tam in that episode. So that was really great um, storytelling wise. Um, and my other favorite episode of this season was The Missing Agent. And I went with that one mainly because Sonara just kicked butt in that one. Yeah, she <laughs> she yes. was so good. Oh man, like just thinking about it just makes me so excited for that character. But um and then the other episode would be again with Sonara and it was the mutiny where she finally figured out where she fits into this whole picture. Those are really good choices, yeah. Um I would not have if I had put money down at the end of season one, I would not have guessed Tor's mom was one of the main reasons that Tam decided to return. Right? Yeah. No, th- that was a nice surprise. Yes, it for was. Sure. Yeah, very nice. And um, yeah, missing agent. That was a, that was a nice little two parter. And th- they had teased that before the season. They said, "Hey, wait till the two parter. It's going to be good." Yeah, yeah. I figure. I think that would have been our. No, I think that was a little bit later on in the season. But I, I forget which episodes would have been our. Um, what's it? Our mid-season break. But unfortunately, we didn't have one. It just ran straight through. Yeah, um, that may have been what they had in mind at first. Got it. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like it, especially the way that it that particular two-parter ended. It was just very intense. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I love the mutiny too. Um, that was that was the one thing like we talked about the things they left that could be in a season three. They did tie up the whole situation with the pirates and Sonara's situation with them so well. Yeah, and that was brilliantly done because I, I not only I just I love that character, but I think they did such a fantastic job with her character arc because. Um, you know, Kaz, for example, you he starts off in a place where he's kind of like a fish out of water. And yes, he does grow 
um, and grows more confidence over the course of the series. But he doesn't really change who he is in a drastic way. Whereas Sonara, when we first see her, I think the, her first words are, let's trash this place. And she's referring to the Colossus. Yeah. And when we get to the mutiny, she's actually protecting the Colossus. She's protecting the people. And I thought that's a brilliant way to wrap up her story. Totally agree. Plus the great thing about that episode was they got Matthew Wood to come back to play a battle droid. Oh yes, that's right. The battle droids. That was really cool because now we've gotten battle droids in the Clone Wars and we had some battle droids in Rebels. So it was really cool for them to incorporate battle droids in Resistance. Yes. And I I want the battle droids from there to meet Roger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would, that would be so funny. See, this is why we needed a third season, because then this show, I feel, would have been a really great way to bring in Moxie from the Freemaker <laughs> yeah. Adventures, from the Lego All-Stars, I mean. But yeah, that would have been a really cool way to bring everyone together in a canon-adjacent canon sort of way. <laughs> yes, I, I, I was hoping for that, but... But any chance to have Roger and yeah. Moxie and Kapow. Yeah, and Kapow, yeah. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite Star Wars names ever, just because it was so clever. It's so clever, yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as my three, they're totally different, so this is good. Oh, um, cool. Well, uh, we talked about it a bit earlier, but Relic Raiders. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I just loved... Uh, prob- probably because I was still euphoric over um, Dooku Jedi Lost because oh. have have you listened to it yet or i have it? not no okay. um but you can talk about it that's fine okay. all right good. um because my favorite character new character from that book is a jedi named Lin Kostana, mm-hmm. and she is a sith relic raider or a sith relic hunter you know uh she's trying to find her idea is i need to find these a lot of these are fake. I know that, but I need to collect these because if it's a real one, it needs to stay out of the wrong hands. And so Mika Gray kind of had that same vibe to me. And I love that, you know, she, she was trying to find these things. I loved the new Raider troopers that they oh, came up yeah. with. yeah. And just, yeah, like we talked about, it was their chance, you know, Kaz and the kids to experience you know, the whole Jedi and Sith mythology, which hadn't really been touched in the show. Exactly. Yeah. And also loved a quick salvage run when they went, when they made it to Dakar, because it, that's, that was the best job they did all season of tying it into the movies. Oh yeah. Because, because, you know, I mean, they talk about it in the episode, they just missed it when everybody, when they all jumped to hyperspace and got out of there. So it was, we were able to place it in the timeline and you could still see all the damage from the battle. I mean, the base was still smoldering on the planet's surface. Yeah, that was really neat how they tied that in. And, you know, in season one, they tied in Poe taking BB-8 back. So, yeah, it's kind of disappointing not to see a Rise of Skywalker connection in the show. Yeah. And um, the, the last one, I went with the season, the series finale, The Escape, um, just because... Tam came home. We got to tie that up. And I thought for a series finale, they did a good job of giving all the 
recurring characters their one little moment. I mean, like when they had the battle on the ship on the Colossus, you know, Gravel was there and uh, Bowls of Gruel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all, all those back background guys you saw maybe once or twice, but they gave them a moment. So I thought they tied it up as best they could. And it, you know, it was funny. They, we never actually saw anybody die on the show. They all got blown up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. And this is one of the, this is one of the things I remember bringing up with my mom while watching the show. It was the fact that there was a point when I thought Griff was going to die. And it was, I believe it was the episodes where uh, they get to the new planet and they meet the Aeosians. And on the, at that mm-hmm. first episode, you have Griff talking with Kaz and he talks about how he was loyal to Doza. And that's the reason why he walked away too. And I thought, oh man, usually when a character talks a lot, about their background, about their history. And it wasn't so much, but it was more than usual for Griff. And I thought, oh, man, what if this means that he dies? And so we go into part two where they have that battle over the ocean. And I thought, oh, man, this is where it's going to happen. He's going to die. And he didn't. And I was kind of disappointed. Yeah, not so much Griff, but I was disappointed that, yeah, none of the heroes really died i expected um bo Kiefel to uh, to buy it just because you know he, he always crashed anyway and you know i figured he was the most expendable ace that's true <laughs> but there wouldn't there wouldn't have been any i mean besides the fact that you know dave voices him there wasn't any emotional there wouldn't be any emotional impact out of him right dying. <laughs> but yeah i'm with you on griff or even freya but yeah none of them yeah, nothing happened to them. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it's unfortunate. I win the entire series expecting Yeager to die. Oh, man. That would have been tragic. It, well, I, I seriously thought at the end that in this, maybe that's one reason I like the escape because he actually survived. I thought he was going to sacrifice himself, like, you know, like blow himself up on the Star Destroyer so that they could escape. Something like that. So it would be very noble. And, you know, and he would do it for Tam. But I thought that was where they were going, especially when he, remember he, he was suspended at the end and he was an easy shot, you know? That's so true. I'm so glad that didn't happen. It didn't even, I mean, I remember it crossed my mind maybe while recording episodes for season one, mm-hmm. but it didn't cross my mind again in season two. So I'm glad that didn't happen because I would have, oh no, I would have cried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd kind of forgotten about it until I'm watching the finale. I'm like, oh man, he's not going to make it, is he? <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so yeah, all the all the good guys made it, but but yeah, like um, Tierney got blown up, and um, oh, Pyre and <sighs> Chase Rockland. <laughs> my my heart aches. I mean, he was evil to the core, but still. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know you, you love Liam McIntyre. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, although Kylo Ren was already choking out Tierney, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm curious because my mom tried to reason it with me. She's like, well, you know, they were in, you know, there's a hangar there. There's maybe a ship. So Pyre could have woken up before it before it exploded or maybe um, Tierney um, when uh, Kylo was choking her. Maybe the connection broke off and she managed to escape. Who knows? (laughs) Okay, your mom's got some good ideas there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay, so what 
were your three favorite moments? Doesn't have to even match the episode you mentioned. Cool. So three favorite moments. I'm going to start off with anything related to CB23. She was a hero, a VIP, <laughs> MVP in this in these in the series. But uh, particularly, I really love the moment when in the missing agent, uh, Kaz is interrogating that uh, spy for the First Order. And uh, and she and he and he tells CB, you know, do your thing or something to that effect. And then CB uh-huh. starts dragging her arm against the metal yes. <laughs> surface, and she starts making a screeching sound. I thought that was hilarious, and she was just so funny in that moment. I, I agree. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Uh, my other favorite moment is another funny one, but it was in the finale when you had mentioned all the Colossus residents fighting back. One of them was OP Pit mm-hmm. <laughs> and his floor buffer machine <laughs> and using that against the stormtroopers. I thought that was hilarious. And um, and lastly, my other favorite moment is... Uh, has to go to Sonara fighting that bounty hunter in the missing agent. I thought that was just that, that was like out of an action movie. I thought the way that that was all animated and mm-hmm. shot. Yeah. Those are good ones. Yeah. The missing agent that may have been like visually the best episode they did. Oh yeah. Yeah. And my mom and I were just so, blown away by the way that it was uh we were using the terms camera and shot and how panning and zooming and i'm like i don't even know if these terms can be used for animation <laughs> but they 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 really made it feel like you were watching something that was very different than usual yeah totally yeah those are good um <laughs> mine are i've got from uh, a quick salvage run when you basically had the second battle of Dakar mm-hmm. and that, yeah, yeah. They had plenty of space battles during the season um, and they had to jump to hyper hyperspace to escape again. But I think it was because of, they had to go through all the wreckage and it was just the visual of it. Yeah. It was almost like, and you, let me see, I think you said you haven't played the battlefront two. Um, uh, have you played Battlefront 2 at all? Like the space I have not, part? no. Okay. <laughs> but I have you... seen footage of it. Okay, because they... Yeah, you can do space battles on uh, above Dakar, but it's before they escape. Oh. In the in the movie. Um, but there's still a bunch of wreckage around, so it may... You know, it, it was like an extension of that to me. Oh, that's and, neat. And just the, the stakes of it, like, man, you know, man... What, what just happened here and you know hope they don't join them um you know they need to get away it, it was just the the tense um and the stakes of that battle is what i liked about it yeah yeah and uh in the mine kind of match up with my favorite episodes but that's okay uh in the escape <laughs> i loved the moment between yeager and kaz on the racing ring on castellan oh, because yeah. that tied up the series pretty well you know we never got to see mark uh, marcus speedstar again but the fact that eager was talking about him and uh, like his relationship with kaz that was 
just this really sweet moment that tied up their relationship throughout the series. Yeah. yeah. And playing the fact they're back where it started and all that. Um, so yeah, I really dug that. And I've got to go with, and I can't remember, I, sh- I forgot to write it down what, what episode it was from. No, it was um, Rendezvous. No, it was, what was the one where it was, it, I'm talking about uh, Emmanuel and Vanessa. Um, oh, where they, uh, oh, it, I know. No, no, it was where he's looking at the hologram. That was Rendezvous Point. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, where he's like looking at the hologram at the end of mm-hmm. the two of them together. Um, yeah, it's just, and I think credit has to go to when you and your mom interviewed um, Myrna. Oh, she, um, she mentioned about her mom being a rebel pilot back then, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because uh, it was mentioned in the Women of the Galaxy yes. book by Amy Ratcliffe, and I thought, let me let me ask her about this. Maybe she has any info on it. And she's she kind of hinted like, oh, you know, uh, there, there's a reason why she's a good pilot like her mom, right? <laughs> so it's implying that she's learned from her and that she's still a presence in her life. So I, I think that's why I like that moment because it paid off what we found out all that way back. Thanks to you all. Mm. Um, and so, and I didn't expect that she, you know, she would show up later in the season and wind up being there at the end. That was really awesome too. But just that first moment and, you know, it was nice to see Doza happy for the first time in a while, you know? <laughs> so true. Um, it's funny. Cause, uh, Vanessa, when I, um, when the season was first starting out, there was a few promotional videos that people had either seen on TV and then recorded and shared on Twitter. And one of them had a footage of Vanessa of, of what was a female character. We didn't know at the time who it was. And I remember retweeting this and going, I hope this is Tora's mom. I hope this is Tora's mom. I yes, I remember that. <laughs> and little did I know it turned out to be her. And I just thought, man, that's awesome that we got that to happen. Because it's. I know that in Rebels, thankfully, we had that moment, mother-daughter moment between Ursa and... Mm-hmm. Um, and Sabine, but it was really nice to see it a little bit more in this season between Tora and Vanessa, and especially not just in talking with her, but having them fly in that episode together, um, rebuilding the resistance. That was such a great, um, you know, interaction that they have there, and, and the, you know, the Doza dive or whatever it was that they did together. That was really neat. Yeah, I'm so glad that yeah the family came together by the end. Oh, yeah. oh and that's another thing, the fact that they didn't no one from that family died. So that was yes. really great. <laughs> um yeah, it's, it, you mentioned yeah that we were trying to figure out who she was in those early clips. I thought for sure she was going to be Kaz's wingmate from the very first episode. Oh, yes, new- I remember you mentioned that. Yeah. And especially since um uh, Sam Whitworth's character Hugh was in Venice's crew later on, mm. so we never found out what happened to that to that other pilot. Did yeah. we? We don't, and I'm and I wonder. And I remember bringing this up with my mom because Hugh, for Hugh to be there, he obviously had to have joined the resistance uh, before the destruction of the 
uh, the Republic's Navy. So I wonder if their friend had stayed in the Navy and unfortunately perished during the destruction of the Hosnian system. You're probably right. That's sad. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I blew blew everyone's (laughs) dreams out of the water. I'm sorry. (laughs) It was like Poochie. She died on the way back to her home planet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyway. Um, Okay. So uh, when you joined me last year, we talked about our favorite characters. And mine was Yeager. Yours was Tora. Was it? No, uh, no, no, uh, no. Um, it was Sonara. Sonara, right? Sonara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sonara. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, it was. And, it was a, yeah. between Sonara and Commander Pyre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We both talked about Pyre because he was such a great villain. Yeah. Um. So I was going to ask your favorite character. Well, if if it's the same person, that's fine. But um, you know, who who are your favorite characters from season two? Okay, so I'm going to start off with someone a little bit different, <laughs> but who I already, already sung my praise for, but it was CB23, and I, I got I to gotta show my girl some love because she, again, was there for Kaz in the most vital moments, and if it wasn't for her, he... he he definitely would have died at some point. <laughs> That's all I got to say. But, um, but yeah. And of course my other favorite character is still Sonara. I mean, she, her story was just so beautifully written from beginning to end. And I think both of those ladies, um, they're just super intelligent and know how to get stuff done. So whenever I saw them on screen, I thought, okay, we know who's going to get the job done. <laughs> Um, I've I've got a I've got an answer, but I also want to mention I loved Mika Gray. I would love to know more about her. Yeah, and because of what she's doing, and special mention to Frankie, the hut. Oh, Frankie! Frankie the blue. <laughs> well, because it's Joe DiMaggio, um, John DiMaggio. No, Joe DiMaggio played baseball. John DiMaggio, who was Bender on Futurama. That's right. Yeah, and, and he he was oh shoot he was one of um. Oh, Gramal- he was either Ramorbash. Ramorbash, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so he, he so he's done Star Wars, and he was I don't know if you know this. He was General Grievous in the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. I had no idea. Yeah, um, because I remember, you know, that was O three. Um, uh-huh. No, no, they did it right before the movie, so it was O five. Oh, anyway, around there, and yeah, there's like John, John DiMaggio is playing this new character, General Grievous. I thought, man, that's cool. They got Bender. And I thought for sure he would play him in the movie. And then, you know, Matthew Wood uh, famously auditioned and got it. So, yeah, so John, uh, yeah, he's so he's done Star Wars before, but I just loved him as Frankie. That was like the perfect role for him. (laughs) Yeah, it Uh, really was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that's another thing. Grabala and Frankie need to hang out. Oh my gosh, especially since Frankie had his own casino and, and there's Gravala struggling to have his beach site resort and buffet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that's actually my um my headcanon is that after what happens in Le- uh, Lego All-Star is that Gravala has to go work for Frankie. Oh. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, we should just write season three. I think that's what we need to do. We really should. 
or talk to Bill and Bob about it. <laughs> That's true. We'll we'll consult with them. <laughs> All right, but my uh, my favorite character, not only for season two, but he became my f- favorite character of the whole series, was Captain Doza. Oh yeah. I and I talked about it so much before. I thought he was just kind of a, a their character to be like the authority figure, and I really thought he was going to get bumped off when the first order came to the station. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that was his purpose to serve. But then by this end of season one, he had taken charge and you found out he was former empire and his growth through season two to where he took command, you know, he took responsibility for these people that he put into space and he got his, you know, he's with his family and you find out more about, you know, how he and Venisa got together and that, yeah, as you mentioned, Griff um, had served with him. He became such a well-developed character. And I love Jason Hightower's performance that, yeah, he, by the end, he was my favorite character. Wow. Yeah. Jason Hightower did a fantastic job with that character. And yeah, you like you said, they wrote him in such an interesting way because uh, to me, he was a very sketchy character in the beginning. And then you add the fact that he was an Imperial and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't trust this guy. And and then we find out that he's really a family man and, you know, he cares about his daughter and he he and Vanessa have this bond in which they understand and respect one another's decisions. You know, Vanessa's not forcing him to join the resistance and he's not forcing her to abandon the cause and, you know, stay at home with their daughter. So I really love that understanding, that respect and, and how in the end, uh, you know, through his own actions and his experiences, he decided to fight along his side's wife, uh, his a wife's side. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that was beautifully done, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I loved how they developed that character. Um, so, yeah, that that's a pretty comprehensive review. Um without going into too much more detail, <laughs> but um, let's, let's end it with this. Um, you know, we, we've talked about, well, you know, we'd like to see more. So what are your hopes and not even a season three, just what are your hopes for future stories with these characters? Yeah. So my future hope, and you just touched on it right now with Vanessa and Captain Doza was um, I, I really would love to have a novel of them, falling in love basically like how was it that she managed to convince this guy to walk away from the empire you know clearly they've been together for more than 30 years because uh is only 15 so they had to have had her 15 years after the return of the jedi so they've been together you know before she even came to the picture so i'd love to know more about their story and have that be like this you know, love story that Star Wars deserves where no one dies. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, not, but yeah, that I really want a healthy relationship um, where these two are featured more in, in a novel. And and um, so, yeah, I would love that. And um, what else? I would also love to have a comic of, um, I guess, them connecting it to the events of the rise of Skywalker, because I don't know what the chances are of the series coming back in like a 
Clone Wars sort of way or even as like a sequel, like a, like a potential Rebel sequel, for example. But uh, if, if nothing else, I would love to have a comic where it a uh, miniseries where it touches on how these characters, you know, connect to this last Skywalker saga movie. Yeah, I, it seems perfect for the IDW title, the Star Wars Adventures. Yeah, I because, would love that. Yeah, because uh, Kevin Burke and Doc Wyatt did a couple of stories anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, yeah, they could totally tie it in. Um, and I think, I think, I think they announced they're doing like. See, see, they said it was like post Rise of Skywalker. I just wonder if uh, the stories they're going to tell are like what Ray and everybody was up to between the Battle of Exegol and when she went to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. So there's your chance. Tie it in. Here's hoping. Oh my gosh, yeah. that would be amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm totally with you on, I put, I just wrote down Dose's backstory. That, yeah. That's that's what I want. See, I really thought they would sneak them in as characters in Alphabet Squadron because it takes place in that year between mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Indoor and Jakku. So yeah, I want to know, you know, what was the final straw for Dose? Uh, I mean, obviously it was love was part of it, but you know, was it the defeat at M- Indoor when he was like, no, I'm out. I want to read that and I want to read about, you know, Griff, like what did it take to convince him? And then at the same time, I want to know about Yeager when he was a rebel pilot. Oh, that would be so cool. Because we know, we know he fought at Jakku. And so, you know, does, does that tie in? How did he meet Doza? Was it during that time? Yeah. Tell us all this. Mm -hmm. And also please answer my head. Canon is, uh, was Yeager's wife, um, Lieutenant Valeria from Freemaker. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no that would be terrible no i know i, I know <laughs> no but oh, i know gosh. i know i know bad, bad ending but you know. <laughs> oh what a tragic ending that is but yeah. uh um, but yeah i would love to have all those stories and actually just now thinking about going back to that episode with mika and the kids mm-hmm. i would love to have a story in which, because my theory was that Mika was going to take Kel and Ayla and go off on some relic hunting adventures. And I yeah. thought that would be pretty neat because these kids, you know, they don't really belong in the Colossus where war is brewing and whatnot. And they need to be taken and nurtured and taught, well, at least Ayla in particular taught in the ways of the Force or just be knowledgeable about it. And Mika seems to know what she's talking about. So it would have been really nice to have those two kids tag along with her side story. And so I would love to see that as a comic. Yeah, I would too. Um, And find some way, like if Ray does make some sort of, you know, uh, Jedi Academy, there's plenty of plenty of characters they can bring together for that. Yeah, yeah, and, definitely. including you know, including you know, baby Yoda. <laughs> he'll, he'll be he'll, like he'll be what eighty then? Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Oh, baby Yoda, his eighties. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also got to find out where does the Colossus go? You know, do they? Where do they settle? I want to know that too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, so tell that story. I really thought I really thought that would be the very end of the series. That they they you know after reuniting with Tam, they settle down someplace, and then Niku's like put in charge, <laughs> and he gets, to, he gets to run the Colossus so that the Dozes can go off. Yeah, I can so. see it. 
Yeah, so we we gotta we gotta find out more. So that that's all I had. Did you have any final thoughts on this this series? I just hope that this doesn't get brushed under the rug and these characters are never seen ever again. I really hope that they do show up somewhere down the line in some shape or form because they they really are such great, rich characters that added a lot to the sequel trilogy, in my opinion, because before... Um, before the rise of Skywalker, or, you know, or as Star Wars Resistance was going, um, I wasn't really all that into the sequel movies. And so I thought Resistance might be the way that really fleshes out that time period, helps me understand why there's this uh, evil force that looks a lot like what we had before. And it really did help me understand a lot of it. And I, I appreciate that because it helped me appreciate the last movie even more. So I, I hope that these characters are not forgotten. I, I hope that's the case too. Um, it was really nice to have a companion series that was being produced at the same time, you know? So we, you're right. It, it enhanced the movies while we were watching them. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. Clone Wars where, Oh, a few years later we find out what happened. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was different it was you know more kid friendly but still plenty of stuff for the adults the animation was beautiful and the music was great so um, true so I mean, true we, we could we could spend another hour just talking about all the people who were involved with the show yeah. <laughs> but they, they they know we love them um but yeah it was just something something for everybody and some really in, enduring characters so. Yeah, and diverse characters too. Yes, yes, we cannot forget how diverse this show was, and not just—I mean, yeah, yeah, aliens, but just yeah, humans of different types. Which, yeah, we cannot underestimate how important the show was for that. But thank you everybody involved for star wars resistance because we did it we did love it yes we did yeah and we appreciate all the hard work that they that you guys put into it yes and especially since both seasons are now on disney plus i mean a lot a lot more people are going to discover it too so hopefully that will enhance their enjoyment too so true but jonah marie thank you so much for joining again to discuss resistance i I appreciate it and enjoyed it every time. Please tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Great. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat Star Wars with friends. And uh, so, yeah, the listeners can find me on Twitter by searching for the handle at Blue Jag Eyes. And they can also listen to me and my mom talk about the Star Wars animated shows on the Geeky Bubble podcast. And uh, they can also find my writings at RadicalGrid.com. Great. And yeah, it used to be Wookie Gunner. And it took me a while to remember that you changed that. Or that yeah, was. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, was, I, I was like reading through my feed one day and I was like, wait, why am I following them? Oh, yeah, that's right. She changed it. Yeah. 
That's right. Yes, I and it was—it's funny because I, I do miss it, but at the same time, I've—I've—I've I've, I've liked branching out to other mm-hmm. things outside of Star Wars. No, that—that's fair. Um, but yes, everybody go follow her, um, and you can find me, of course, at Radio Dakar on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, all the Radio Dakar episodes are on most major podcast platforms. Um. But that is it. And Joan and Marie, again, thank you. And thank you to everybody for listening and going on the journey with us through resistance. Um, and F- F- Joan and Marie, feel free to take us out. Yeah. And may the force be with you. And I hope we see these characters again in the near future. Agreed. May the force be with you. <laughs>